0: Welcome to Dental Revenue Live. I'm your host, Bill Mulcahy, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss one very effective way to tap into the emotion of your potential patients, video and video testimonials. Our special guest today is Dr. Doyle Freno. Doyle owns and operates a private practice in Lexington, Kentucky. He's an associate faculty member of the Dawson Academy and the former president of the Dawson Academy Alumni Association. He teaches the core curriculum at Dawson with fellow faculty members and lectures on patient communication and practice management. Doyle is a longtime client of Dental Revenue and a friend. We asked him to join us today because his video gallery is amazing. And best of all, he's learned to implement these videos into his treatment plans and presentations. Please help me welcome our very special guest, Dr. Doyle Frino. How you doing today, Doyle? Hey Bill. I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful. I really appreciate you uh taking the time out of your day to to join us on this podcast. I know we have a a really good uh topic today and and something you're very very experienced in uh so I'm excited for our listeners to to really you know get get some insight from you and your point of view about videos and and using them on the website and within your practice so Thanks so much again.
1: Ah, oh, me too. Love to. Perfect. I enjoy talking to you all the time, so no problem.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, so how I like to start these podcasts is, you know, just really start to introduce you to the listeners, let them know a little bit about you personally, kind of where your your practice is, uh, you know, what you enjoy to do, enjoy doing and and just a little bit of personal stuff about you. So so let's start out simple and, and why don't you just tell us a little bit about you and, and your practice.
1: Well, um, I've been in practice since 82, 1982. I grew up in uh, Southern Kentucky in Bowling Green, uh, Western Kentucky, and I went to UK dental school and uh, graduated in 82. Um, when I got out of school, um, was really discouraged from practicing in Lexington, which is where I wanted to practice because it's just a beautiful place, that's where I live now. So I went back to my hometown for two years and I love my family and and my hometown, but I hated practicing there. So I moved back to Lexington in 84 and started, um, I, I did an office share with a dentist who had extra space. So I always had my own practice but I started really slow avoiding debt. Fortunately, when I went to dental school, I didn't incur a whole lot of debt. And um, so I started really slow. And uh, my marketing efforts uh, at that time, um, I, I attended a uh, young dentist conference in Chicago at the ADA. And the reason they encouraged me to go back to Lexington is where it's where I really wanted to live. And they said, you know. There's going to be a new practice opening in Lexington, Kentucky during your lifetime, so why don't we help you figure out how to do that instead of you being stuck living somewhere you don't want to live and It was one of the best pieces of advice I ever got and that, uh,
0: that that's really an interesting story. I mean, why don't you tell elaborate on that a little bit because you know not not to get us off the topic of video, but I think you know, there there are plenty of dentists out there right now that may be listening to this th- to this and and saying, well, you know, I'm kind of in the same situation. I mean, what was your steps to making that happen?
1: Well, I think it's going to tie into to what I'm doing now because um, you know times have changed and what what used to work really well wasn't working as well. But what I what I did originally was because Lexington had a lot of people moving in and moving out and it was a growing area, provided a real opportunity with new residents. So I got new resident mailing list, I hired a marketing firm and sent a lot of printed literature direct mail uh, targeted to new residents. And again, Bill, that's why when when we got together and started working together, this what you're doing for me is very targeted also um, because you can just shoot a shotgun out but it's much better to have a rifle in your hand Um, you know i'm from kentucky so we have weaponry here you
0: know know, what 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 i found interesting about that is even when i got into the industry 10 years ago um uh, i still had a lot of dentists come to me and 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 tell me that you know traditionally they haven't looked at marketing as a, a source of generating new patients you know most of them would tell you that it's, uh, you know, referrals that, that are are most important to their business. And I'm sure you'd say the same thing, but to em- embrace, uh, marketing, even back then, you know, you were kind of ahead of the curve, so to speak.
1: Yeah, I was, I was the only person doing direct mail man but again, it was through the advice of the ADA. And so, um, in fact, I got a lot of pushback from some dentists until they understood that, um, the advice they gave me on the marketing materials were don't do discounts, don't do coupons, don't do bullet lists of services, um, talk about dentistry and what dentistry can do for patients. And then they're going to gravitate toward that. So I really focused on the message of what I wanted my practice to be before I really had a practice.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: it was sort of that if you send that out, you'll attract people that want that. And it worked really well for years and years so much so that I stopped doing it because um, I was getting too many new patients and I I wasn't uh, sending out free exams or discounts. And now, you know, so many people are doing direct mail and marketing. I I was the only person doing it. So I had a really good niche Mm -hmm. and I, and you know, then as my practice grew, and I went into the Dawson Academy and, and understood that I didn't really want um, so much of a volume practice as a complete practice. Um, i operated just on referrals for years and years, and that worked really well until uh, the Great Recession in 2008. Um, our area in Lexington is pretty insulated from recessions. Because it's such a diverse local economy, mm-hmm. we've got two universities. We're a regional healthcare center for the entire state of Kentucky, especially eastern Kentucky. We've got Toyota, which is worldwide. We make more Camrys than anyone, and uh, it's the number one place where Toyota Camrys are made. IBM and Lexmark were there. Ashland Oil was there. The horse industry's there. We have a lot of tourism. I've never had a recession in all my years of practice. 2008, I did. And uh, so I started charting my practice and I hit that point of plateau and I I recognized that that's not good, um, but I had a little inertia. And so um, I blamed it on other things and finally the economy got a little better and I still was plateauing and I really needed more new patients because Bill, you know, I practiced a long time and a lot of my patients, most of my patients are healthy and restored and And I do practice the complete care concepts from Dr. Dawson. So I I needed new patients and I really was not getting enough. And so um, I'd been resistant to a website because I knew it was going to take a lot of effort. I'd been resistant to uh, doing too much marketing because I felt like at the stage of my career I was at, that if I was doing well enough, I would just keep generating enough word of mouth referrals but my patients that live in Lexington, they don't care if I taught at the dental school or give content education classes. They, ca- they care about them and I wasn't reaching them. So I, I hired another company to do a website based on how inexpensive it was. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't expensive, but it was also really ineffective for me. And I had it for two or three years and I, I did have a website, but it didn't really impact things very much. And that's when um, I got involved with you and with Larry Gazzardo helping me see what I should, could be doing to uh, get my practice off the plateau. So now the last um, four years in a row had uh, increases every single year. And my practice is producing at the highest level it ever, ever has. And I'm, you know, I'm 37 years into this. So that's where I want to be as I think about the next step for me. Which is you know seven or eight nine years phasing out. You don't want a business that's plateauing or declining at the end of your career. So,
0: yeah, you know it's it, it's funny through everything you said and and obviously we've worked together now for for a while, so I'm I'm familiar with with the the story, um, and what you're explaining. But but two things really you know stand out to me and 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 what you're explaining is. Number one ties into our last podcast with with John Cranham, which was really, you know, about defining your practice and who you want to be. And it sounds like uh, that was what was a big um, step uh, in your in in the the evolution of your practice and in joining the Dawson Academy and and really, you know, defining who you want to be and 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 what type of dentistry you're going to do. Um, but the second is even more intru- or as, just as interesting to me. And, and, and that's indirectly what you're saying about this idea of plateauing is, is that a lot of times when people sort of make a transition or, or implement a strategy within a practice, that strategy has an immediate impact or if, if it's a good strategy what happens is you grow and and essentially do what I I call making a new normal for your practice and and you get this and if you keep just doing the same thing it doesn't mean that what was working in the past isn't working you just tend to reach this plateau that you're 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 speaking of and then you have to kind of evolve what's the next step of what, what I want to do if I want to get to the next level And I think that ties in very nicely with, um, you know, the the concept of video and and appealing to patients emotionally. And and it's something that you have really excelled in and embraced. And and I think that speaks a lot to to you and your ability to take a step back and really say, okay, what do I need to do to get to where I want to be? So that's just awesome. Awesome stuff.
1: Well, I, had, I had to realize that really the market had changed uh, a lot and, and the mindset of of our patients and consumers have changed in the past. If, if, you know, we just, we were in such information age and and again, YouTube videos, people are really tuned in to seeing visual information and I didn't have any of that. And so when a patient would leave and um, dentistry would come up and they'd say, Oh, go to Dr. Freno." I had to realize that now the consumer's going to go Google me mm-hmm. and they're going to go check and see what my reviews are and they're going to see what uh, they're going to expect that I've got some information out there so that in addition to the word of mouth referral, they can get a look Yeah, and I realized I was behind drastically in what um other now younger dentists I I wish I was I feel like I'm still a young dentist, but I'm not. But I realized I'd really missed uh how the market had changed.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's a bad a bad bad place to be, especially if you don't, you know, kind of know what to to do or, or or what you can do. And 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 um You know one thing that i I think is really interesting about that and the idea that the mindset of the patient has changed is you made a reference to and i think a lot of dentists don't understand this as much is even your referrals now are doing research on you So, so so you could lose one of your best referrals from your best patient if if the information on the Web or the information out there isn't supporting what that patient said, because it's not going to necessarily take their word for it anymore. They're going to do their own research and make sure it's a good fit for them.
1: Well, you're giving me too much credit because I listened, listened to you <laughs> and uh, Larry Gazzardo, because um, I, I started I, I was just had to get over some. Inter- really, I had to get out of my way. Because I'd never ask a patient, I'd ask, I was very comfortable asking people to refer uh, me their friends and give them business cards. But I had to realize now, if you ask people to write a review, they'll do it, especially whenever they thank you. When someone thanks me genuinely says, wow, I really appreciate what you did, that's just been the perfect time. And so we, we printed up some instructions to make it easy for them. And then we follow up with thank yous and things when they do. And so that's that it all tied together uh, to get this thing off the ground again and and get my practice growing. You mentioned what kind of practice that I want to have that that was part of this whole thing, too. Um, I'm not comfortable with 30, 40, 50 new patients a month, because if I got 30 or 40, 50 new patients a month, that's that's an hour to an hour and a half exam with no hygiene. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I get 12 to 15 new patients and do a complete exam the way we train to do, uh, there's so much unmet dental needs. There's so much ability that people want to be healthy. This is the most health conscious generation ever. People want to live to be well and whole and fit uh, into their eighties and nineties. And if, if, my practice was slowing down and showing them everything they needed to do to reach that point. Even if we did it over a period of years and in phases. And that's what I really, that's what drives me to still want to practice. And I'm going to regret the day I retire. I'll retire because it's time, not because I want to. Um, so I've got the practice that I wanted, but I, I wasn't, and so coming back to what we're going to get into, that consumer definitely needs information about other patients that have gone through things that they're getting ready to undertake with me.
0: I totally agree. And and one of the things, you know, I'll just elaborate on and what you said is, is there's there may be practices out there that are listening or, or dentists out there that are listening that, are in practices or run practices that you know live on that model of thirty to forty new new patients a month or even more you know and and the one of the things that I want to make sure that is taken away from this call and really you know our overall discussion is that if if that is not your focus, the way you market needs to be tweaked and changed and and you have to start appealing in a different way to a different type of patient because you're now appealing to people that are going to value the dentistry and they're not just concerned about what dentist is closest to me they become more concerned about what dentist is the best fit for what I'm trying to accomplish whether that's get out of pain a smile makeover fix a broken tooth or, or, you know, any other issues that, that they may be having. Um, It's now a, a, a challenge of not just getting people in. It's a challenge of getting the people in that believe that you're the best fit for them. So, you know, I think that's great stuff. And I I think you're right on target with everything you're saying.
1: Well, there's a, there's a whole group of, of the market that's, late forties to mid sixties that have raised kids, bought houses, sent them to college, done what the insurance covered, done some single tooth things, put things off. And all of a sudden things aren't working so well for them. Uh, They're going to need dentistry that's way above their yearly maximum and they want to look better. And so when they're making that buying decision, um, they're not just going to take a referral from the person that they're sitting next to at church or um, something like that. And, that. and that's what that's what I had to see. Uh, that's that's what this has helped me get that, get back into that market because I I just personally believe whoever's listening to this, if you're looking to orient your practice, that is an area where, where again you're not going to have a lot of competition. At, as a dentist, if you can learn to solve the complicated issues and you're not going to have the pushback on your, your fees and what the insurance covers, they're going to flip the equation around and say, it doesn't matter, get the most you can from my benefit company, uh, benefit company, but I want you to be the dentist doing this. And, and the website's help me display patients where we've done that with. And it helps the consumer say, "Okay, I believe
0: and and one thing I I talk to our clients all the time about is, is this happens in all elements of life. I mean, people don't go to the hottest restaurant with the best food that everybody's recommending um, for a great meal experience and expect to pay the same prices they're paying at McDonald's. They're choosing to go there. And they're choosing that because of their reputation, because of their marketing, because they're positioning themselves as you're not coming to Chick-fil-A or McDonald's or or Subway. You're coming to an experience and you're coming to a place that's different than those places, not to say that there's anything wrong with those places it's just not what you're looking for at this stage of your your life when it comes to dentistry but but and when back to the restaurant reference it's not what i'm in the mood for
1: today
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah All right All right. All right
0: so great great so so you and i one thing that that i have to be careful of is you and i've always, uh, you know, had great conversations and we can get all over the place with some of the things we're, we're we're saying. So let me just, you know, finish with the introduction, just so people understand kind of who you are. Um, one of the things you mentioned is the Dawson Academy. I know that you work uh, you know, very extensively with them and other organizations. Why don't you just briefly touch on, on some of that. And, and because I know that ties also into some of the other podcasts we we've done and we'll do in the future.
1: Okay. Well um, I started out, uh, I taught at UK dental school for about seven years and had a good education, but it, it just wasn't complete in and putting all the pieces together. Uh, dental school, we didn't have the type of patient that needed complex, complete care as a dental student. We didn't get to do that. The faculty did it, but we we weren't there long enough. And my patients needed that kind of care and I felt inadequate in knowing how to treatment plan it, knowing how to communicate with the lab, know, knowing how to organize it. I I did a case and Got into a lot of problems doing it. I went to my faculty at dental school, and everyone had to, what faculty do. They say, "Well, you could do this, you could do that." Talk to this guy, and I didn't really get a coherent treatment plan. It wound up. Uh, I had a local mentor who helped me unravel this case. I, I did. I did it over. It's still there. She's still got a review on my website. It's over 20 something years old, but I lost my shirt doing this case because <laughs> yeah. I did it over. So that's when I went to the Dawson Academy as a student in 97 and took all the courses and, and it really put the pieces together for me. And it, it was really, again, Bill, driven by what I was seeing in my practice. I s- said either I can do these cases, or i have to not do any of them because i'm going to hurt somebody and hurt myself by doing them improperly and i thought man what a great opportunity to practice the way i really want to practice and help people the way they need to be helped and fulfill the business objectives so then i got i'm not sure why but i got lucky in 2005 they asked me to join the faculty which was the biggest break of my professional life because um, I got to teach which means you have to learn a whole lot more yeah and I got to be involved uh, so much more on the learning side with dr. Dawson and and the the team that he's assembled and so then in uh, 2010 they asked me to be president of the Alumni Association which is really our version of an educational alumni association Uh, it's designed ongoing education and so I did uh, 60 webinars kind of like this on smaller topics hour each time and again I got to continue to learn I got to continue to be involved in uh, newer ideas and processes and so I got the technical side really well but I was still stubborn about this darn website thing until (laughs) I realized my I knew all this stuff and I needed people in the chair to help know so i could practice it absolutely And that's where uh, that's where uh despite all that i still needed help my own business and that's when i hired you guys and and Larry, larry gazzardo
0: that's that's awesome so so i mean what would you say is your favorite dentistry to do
1: well um you know my practice is probably um if you looked on the revenue side, I, I, I'm guessing here, mm-hmm. it's probably 40% on the big cases and still it's 60% people that are in good shape but uh, have a tooth or two that break or that you know eventually fracture, need a crown or, or they want Invisalign. So it's probably a 60-40 split on revenue.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I wouldn't wanna do without what I would call single tooth dentistry. We have a lot of healthy patients that are getting their teeth cleaned We still have a lot of kids I do a lot of Invisalign but then having the cases we try to have um, we try to always keep two full arch uh, cases going all the time and if I get to the third one it gets a little tricky and so we sometimes delay people a little bit but, but typically I'll have two really big cases that I'm trying to complete in a six to twelve week time frame. And so when we finish one, we start one and and, and we'll we'll get two to three of those going. And and it's it's just a, it's it's a great break because my my team actually enjoys it. Yeah we have people in for a half day or a full day. We're all prepared. We take breaks. Um, Patients like getting it done in that fashion. I learned the the clinical side. The revenue side is so good because we're organized and we're doing so many multiple procedures in one day. The revenue and the profitability goes through the roof and the patients are willing to to both do this and pay for it. Mm -hmm. So it's probably 35, 40% on what you would call bigger cases. And Probably sixty percent people who sustain me even when the, when those cases slow down um, and and they can when if we had another terrorist to strike, you know people close their wallets a little bit, yeah, but they'll need dental work, and they're still uh, economy is still going, so I've got a balance that I like and my practice I feel comfortable with it.
0: great, no, that's great um so so before we get into. You know specifics on our topic today I want to kind of have a, a ask you a non-dentistry question so outside of dentistry I mean what are some of your passions what do you like to do I know one of the things I'm not gonna like too much but why don't you <laughs> why, why don't you tell our listeners uh, uh kind of what what you know you do when you're not doing dentistry
1: well you know i've got three older kids who are grown have families so uh spend time with them whenever i get the chance to and they're they're spread out a little bit but uh, you know i have a weekend home on a golf course so i play a lot of golf and i i like to uh work out i went to the gym this morning so i like to stay pretty fit in the winter times i i love snow skiing and a lot of times that's where i dovetail with my kids because my kids enjoy snow skiing so we try to take father-son or father-daughter ski trips or sometimes family things like that. Um, You know, Bill, I love UK basketball and football. (laughs) And so uh, I get into that and I I enjoy... uh, I used to coach baseball a lot. I don't coach anymore, but I still enjoy my Red Sox and and things like that. Pretty much, you know, a regular regular guy. Um, So... Uh, just try to keep my body healthy, enjoy my friends playing golf and and skiing, staying fit,
0: yeah, uh, just uh you know, just to kind of close the loop on my my statement introducing that, uh you know we have a lot of common interests, but one thing we don't have in common is our taste in sports <laughs> so uh, so so we give each other a lot of grief uh, one one way or the other about uh, about that stuff so so I know, uh, Kentucky and, and, uh, the Red Sox are both, you know, big, uh, big things, uh, that you follow or big teams that you follow. And, and obviously they're great teams, but just not my teams.
1: <laughs> well, that's okay. Well, I, I stay out of politics, but I I'm pretty involved at, at my parish and I get involved in the uh, justice ministry. So I do volunteer things for church and I do, a thing in Lexington uh, called Leadership Lexington, where I've been on the steering committee for that through the Chamber of Commerce. So I, I, you know, try to balance things between, you know, home, faith, church, and taking care of myself.
0: That's great. That's great. Um, all right. So so let's, let's uh, dive into the video discussion. And, and one of the things okay. that I'll, I'll say guys is, is Doyle has Quite an extensive video library on his website. He's got uh, 12 videos and and counting uh, just on his homepage, and and all the videos are are high quality. Uh, they are uh, very well done, and they really speak um, to the type of practice Doyle has, and also um, why future patients would want to want want to come to his practice. And these videos are are very engaging. The stories are very inspiring and and really you know give him a true what I call a true differentiator when it comes to uh, a patient comparing his practice to another. Um, so if he wants to do or if, or as he wants to do the type of dentistry that he's defining is important to him and have the 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 type of practice that he's defining. That is important to him, you know. Taking the time and effort to connect with patients who might be similar to these patients is extremely important. So, so when we start, you know, just from a high level, and and tell us a little bit about about your video gallery, Doyle.
1: Well, um, the way that the way that evolved is, um, and this is where you know, Bill, you guys have helped me not just with a website, but totally with my office i, I looked at my office and said you know what what would patients see when they came in here and um, you know i had a lot of nice pictures on the wall but i didn't have people on the wall yeah and i thought you know i really ought to put i had a patient i don't know how much you're going to give me time here to tell this but this yeah. this will get to the video I had a patient for like 17 18 years and great friend still a patient and He comes back for a six month visit and he's got veneers and crowns on 20 teeth and we didn't do them. (laughs) So the hygienist came in and said, Hey, Tim came in, he's got all his dental work and he had it done at this other practice. And what do you want me to do? I said, well, clean his teeth. So I went in, Hey Tim, how you doing? He says, Hey, Doyle, great to see you. He goes, I want you to check these out. He said, I I wanted to get this work done, but I knew you didn't do that. (laughs) I just went, you're kidding me and he goes so i went to this practice that was did a lot of tv marketing which i didn't want to do and had a great website and of course it was all good work and i realized man my, my uh, that's when the epiphany was of course i do all that now i've always focused with patients interaction on what they need and I, i'm uncomfortable trying to sell people things and and bring it up so i had to get over myself and learn how to do this so I thought, what I need to do is photograph patients that I've completed, because I've completed hundreds of cases that look great. Mm-hmm. And I tried doing it myself, and uh, my photography was fine for my dental stuff, but not to put on a wall. So I had a patient who was a great photographer, photographer who I'd met through a church and Leadership Lexington, and I said, hey, would you be willing to come into my office and do some studio shots, uh, some type glamour shots with patients? He says, yeah, I'd be glad to. So I started asking patients who really have that that enthusiastic personality if they would like to have a glamour shot. And some said no, but surprisingly, a whole lot said, yes, I would like to. And so I said, well, if I made you a glamour shot uh, that you could give, you know, holiday gifts or. You know, use for uh, one guy wrote a book and he wanted to use it for jacket cover or using your professional. They go, "Oh, I really need a picture like that." Yeah. So we said, "Okay, great." So we said at the same time we're going to be shooting some videos. Would you just talk about your experience? And they said, "Okay." So we blocked off a day. I, I work um, Monday through Thursdays, so I hired Mark to come in on a Friday, and we just invited a bunch of people with time slots. And we gave them some movie passes for coming, uh, but I didn't give them a lot. We just gave them movie passes and a great photo. Yeah. We got them in and Mark had this whole studio set up, uh, in an open area in my in my office. And of course he made great photos. And so then I started interviewing them. It didn't go so well because they, you know, made a lot of nice comments about me and Mark. Uh, my photographer tapped me on the shoulder. He goes, how about if I do this? Because he's also a patient. Yeah. And I said, I said, okay, so I left the room. And he talked to him patient to patient and just did a whole lot better job. Get, and what I told Mark is, I want him to talk about them. I don't want them to talk about me. I want them to talk about their experience and how they felt about their condition, about how they felt about the issues they were struggling with, what their experience was was like getting the treatment and how they felt afterward. And so he took over the interviewing part and we try you know, they're going to say nice things about you, but that doesn't make a really effective video. The best video is when they're talking about them because when when a consumer is looking at it, they're expecting him to say, Oh, Dr. Freeman's a great guy. And you're going to love it. That's not what you wanted. We want them to talk about how they felt. And he was able to get people to really open up in ways I couldn't.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, one of the questions that I get, whether we have a situation like yours and, and, and that, you know, you have a a video guy you you're comfortable with and you use, have used a, a long time, whether we're doing the videos um, for, for our dentists, you know, one of the things that we always advise our clients to, to do is to just start asking questions that'll get them talking on camera. Because what, what you don't want is is to hand somebody a script or think that they need to have this perfect delivery of, of what they're talking about because not only is that really never turn not only does that really never turn out the way they, they hope. But it also becomes very awkward and pushed and it doesn't come off as very sincere. So, you know, the best kind of formula that we've seen is kind of exactly what what you're talking about and and exactly what's done is, you know, just get them talking about themselves and their experience and kind of what what you're doing. And then you'll find that you'll have five, six, seven minutes of video and then you can cut it down to two minutes and everybody is, is, great on video with the, with great editing. Right. Right. So, 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 you know, and, and what happens is, you know, out of nowhere, somebody will say something, you'll be like, wow, that's powerful. And that's the kind of stuff that's really going to stand out and, and, and help you achieve what you're looking to achieve with these videos. And, And that's get the word positive words out about you and kind of what you can do for them.
1: Well, there's a couple on, on there with mine, uh, one, if, if people go to my website, there's a, there's a guy named Zach and he, he actually chokes up a little bit when he talks about the decision he had to make, uh, to get some of this treatment done. And so, um, it, it, I couldn't have, you couldn't have scripted that. And then there's another lady who was in a bad car accident as a teenager and she was in her sixties. And it plagued her her whole life. And she talked about that. And then another lady talking about how, her, you know, she had always felt bad. She never felt pretty. And then we mixed some in with people who had just smaller things done, who had a good smile their whole life, but just needed to match what they had. And we put some people in because I do a lot of bite issues and joint problems that had joint problems resolved. We mixed in older people that had, uh, dentures. We had people who were healthy and had come to me for a long time and not needed a lot of dental work because I want people, I don't need to have a practice where I'm just restoring everybody. I, I wanted the message out. If you have a good smile, we're in the place to help you keep it Yeah. because yeah. I want to have both parts of my practice operating and that helped. I got the idea from uh, John Cranham. I got to give him credit. Uh, on his website, where he had gone in and taped a segment in addition, describing the that same person from more of a technical aspect. And so the videos I taped to f- follow is where I tried to um, not go too in detail, but give a technical side of explanation of what we had to accomplish and how we do it. be real straightforward with it. yeah and so and- that, that-
0: it worked really well. One of the things I'll say about that is, is again, that came up. Uh, that sort of approach came up um, with John in our last podcast, and and what I'll say, again, is what I said to him is, is you know, to hear from the patient is is obviously going to be very powerful, and people will gravitate to that first. But to have the patient from your point of view gives you such an opportunity because not only will they pay attention to y- your overall expertise and, and how knowledgeable you are about not only the patient but the dentistry you did, but it also you know gives you some real credibility in that this patient wasn't just you know, another person that happened to come in on Tuesday at 10 o'clock, this person was Scarlett um, and she came in with a specific situation that you helped her achieve what she's looking to achieve. So, you know, I think that's a, definitely a, a step a lot of dentists don't take, but it's a step that's, that's very, very important.
1: Well, and, and, you know, as dentists, we're, we're pretty good at being caring uh, personable people. Once you meet us in the office, I, I just, most dentists I know really try hard to connect with people. And so I think filming me, I learned a lot about how that had to work. I had to smile when I was talking. Some of the first ones I did, I was stiff and rigid. And I realized I wouldn't want to go to that guy. Yeah. And that's really who I am. Anyway, I I laugh all the time. I'm smiling all the time. I tell jokes all the time. Yeah. And so I had to get out of myself a little bit, smile. But I think that gives the consumer a chance to hear my voice, see me take some of that anxiety away. Think, is this a person I'm going to let 12 inches away from me with a drill in my mouth? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. we try to make those, uh, you know, as, as good as I can do. It's the best version of me, (laughs) you know, and and I just have to be who I am and people gravitate to that or gravitate away from that. The, The funniest one I did, and I need to do more of these, Bill, we had this guy and it's, it's not on the front page, but it's on the denture page, a guy who had, uh, just this terrible, uh, incapacitation losing his teeth and wearing dentures and he got implants. He had four implants on the top, four on the bottom. And I'd finished his case and I'd tried it in. I knew it was perfect. And so I just got my uh, iPhone out and had the assistant. And I had an Apple because I usually eat an Apple every day. So I gave him my Apple. I said, Hey, Harry, let's try this and see how this goes. And he says, Okay. So we videoed him eating an Apple. And he ate like half the Apple in one bite. It's so funny. And his, his denture didn't come out. And so he's chewing this apple and he's laughing, he's chewing, he's laughing. And then he said, well, you know, take another bite that's more normal. He goes, well, I haven't had one in five years he did it again. We said, well, did did your dentures come loose? Nope. And have you tried this before? Uh-uh. And he <laughs> says, you know, when I took, he, I said, try to take them out. He, Pulls them out with two hands. He goes, hey, there's not a whole bunch of food under here either. It was just (laughs) so funny on it. So it turns out uh, Larry says he plays this all the time. And I don't know how many YouTube that thing has been hit on, but it's been hit so much. So what we do now is when patients come in and say, I want implant dentures, and they're in the consult room, I say, hold on a second. Let me show you this video off my website. You may not have seen it. So I don't just depend on these videos for patients to view them. We use them in office. We'll say, so let watch Harry. And and you know Harry doesn't mind if uh, they call him. They can call him up, these guys' number. And they'll never ask for Harry's number. I got another guy uh, who we're filming right now and he's like, I want people to call me. Yeah. And they just go on and on. But that simple video like that in the office when people say, so I could get a denture like that with implants? Yes, you can.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: you get it right here. And then when in the office, we have patients who, who I don't like doing before and afters necessarily on the website. Now, some people may. You may convince me later to do that. <laughs> but in the office, I'll show these people in their pre- before condition because they've, they've given me permission. When we did the photo shoot, we had them sign a permission to release to use them. And then I told them, you know, I, I'm involved in teaching. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'll black out your eyes and things, won't use your name. They go, oh, sure, I don't mind you. use. If it helps somebody else and you're teaching other dentists, fine. So uh, we show the befores, and then we'll show the video of them talking during the consultation. And I'll leave the room and leave yeah. my staff in there. I'll come back and I'll say, so, you know, this is what we can do for you, and, and we've got, patients and you know they're on the wall. The, the funny thing, Bill, people come in and go, who are all these people? Because we've made my office now like an art gallery. We've got these big, uh, I did them in black and white and they're on canvas and they're they're big. I don't, I don't know, they, it looks like an art gallery. So yeah. the whole office is decorated with smiles. Not before and after, it's just smiles. And people will say, well, did you buy these out of a book somewhere? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no. Or they'll say, "I know that guy. He goes to my church." I said, "These are all my patients." But then, when I can take that person on the wall and click to the video, it makes the it. Then all we got to do is work out the staging of the case and the financial part. And usually, they know it's going to cost, and we can work out the finances. And so, my case acceptance is up. Uh, my stress is down because even though there's some work involved in doing this, I've got these. On cue, and there's no work at all to hit that button and let Zach's Zach has played that for me. Oh gosh, I've played Zach 200 times. <laughs> and, and so, once you do that little step of doing it, now you know, we're we're in the process now of filming another round. Uh, and that, that does take some work, it does take some effort, but it's sure worth it to simplify the things that you know when I'm having to sell a case or persuade someone, I'm not comfortable with that. Good dentistry sells itself. People wanna be healthy and whole. They just wanna know that you can do it and that you're gonna walk with them. And uh, that changed my practice.
0: You know, I'm I'm so glad you brought up um, these two topics. The first was you know, the story about the Apple, because if you didn't speak about it, I was going to bring it up because I just, a, a, out of all the videos I look at and all the websites I look at, um, you know, that one just stands out to me because it comes off as the most real and raw and, and sincere. And, and, and so I'm, I'm so glad you shared that story with us. But also, you know, when people talk about these videos and they and they talk about, okay, I need to do a video shoot, and I want to get some patient testimonials. I think they, they look at it very um, singularly focused, and they're like, okay, this is part of my website. This is something that I'm going to have on my website that other dentists have it, and I'm getting this because I kind of need it to compete. But it's not really about that. Because what it becomes about is it gives you a tool to communicate the messages that you need to communicate to be able to do the dentistry you want to do. And so you you had mentioned, you know, you're not a natural salesperson, but you in a lot of ways are because your, your personality is such that that you know, you come off as very genuine and knowledgeable and, and can persuade people in a natural way. But for you to to put this these videos into sort of the overall sales and, and treatment plan process is is really smart because what it allows you to do is 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 give them something, a vision of, of where they could be, and then just let you Present it to them in the natural way that you you do this, because not only are you showing them somebody that's been in their their situation, but you're showing them someone that just has had a transformation. So, you know, kudos to you and and kind of your approach. And I think you sell yourself short on on your <laughs> ability to sell and and what you're comfortable with, because you know. Very few uh, dentists that I've worked with over the years would would you know have the f- uh, foresight to say, okay, how can I use these and leverage these in the practice beyond my website? So that's great, great stuff.
1: Well, I'm going to come back to you guys, Bill, because you, you made me think about it. When I started uh, really analyzing that I was going to put myself out there on the web and what I wanted my practice to be, then I had to look internally and go, well, you know, I, I'm probably not sending that message out when you walk in the door because I had a guy go across town to get 20 veneers because he was sure I didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that just killed me, just absolutely killed me. I wanted yeah. to go, don't you know I'm this and that? And I, I, <laughs> I just kept my mouth shut. I realized okay, the markets changed. They had a great presentation, they had a lot of reviews. I had nothing. And I've been his dentist for all these years and I'd never had conversations about it. Having the photos on the wall, people come in and they'll go, I want to smile like hers or like that. And I'll say, well, you're going on the wall next. Yeah. And they'll go, well, I would like that. And so it, it got, it's gotten easier and it's changed the vibe of the office and the teams involved in it because, they dig that the, the the employees just they've because they're doing a lot of things with me yeah and they're taking photos of all the stuff and they get all gassed up and excited about hey we're going to do this case and and they see it's not all just about what it's doing for me the patients love having a great smile and their bite problem solved and they just get it is it creative a, a practice that i want
0: yeah and and you know just just to kind of finish um, the point you made with, with your longtime patient, um, going to somebody else for you know the cosmetic work, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the the lesson is you took accountability for that. You didn't blame the patient, you didn't blame the dentist that did the work. You said, "Why did this happen?" And you look to yourself and what you needed to change. To, to make sure that they, that didn't happen in the future. And I can probably assume um, that, that that story never happened again for you.
1: I'm Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> I'm aware of. Uh, uh, the, other, uh, the other thing I did in the, in the office is put a green screen up, which was really a lot easier than I thought. It just rolls down like a shade and we pull the green screen down, and I had Mark um, video me talking about what the new patient exam would be like, and because I'm I'm independent of uh, dental benefit contracts, you know, I'm I'm out of all the contracts, that's a big question patients have, you know, does he accept my insurance or he accept my benefits, and so um, I had him tape me talking about why it's, to the advantage of the patient for me being ind- independent mm-hmm. and so when patients ask that question it's, it's a tough one on the phone sometimes our team can follow up and say if you'll go to drfreno.com go under the payments and insurance part he's going to explain it to you and sometimes patients will come in and they'll still have questions and they'll play it for them in the consult room he's going to come in and talk to you but listen to this first this is what he's going to say. Yeah. And, you know, I'm brain dead talking about why I'm out of contract and why it's better for the patient. So taping that once has saved my brain a little bit. <laughs> I don't mind talking about it, but I don't have to talk about it near as much as taping a video. So I got into it once I realized the uh, capabilities of it and the longevity of it and the benefit of it. Yeah, and, and that, not that hard to do. It's really not. You just get you get it. You get a person that's adept at photography. There's a lot of these people out there. A lot of them are freelance, and um, they're not that hard to find. You just find. You you can find them. I didn't spend a ton of money on this. I probably haven't spent. Uh, if you added it all up, I haven't spent so, probably somewhere between five and seven thousand dollars for all of it. Yeah, and, because,
0: and, and the yeah. return on investment, um, because of how many ways you utilize these videos is actually very, very high. Because if oh, you sell gosh. one big, big case because you had these videos that pays for more than pays for itself, but over the years and over yeah. time, you know, that they, they just keep not only paying for themselves, but but really uh, you know, give you a tremendous advantage and a tremendous return.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah.
0: let's let's talk a little bit about um, uh, let let's talk about a little bit about um, some of the things that um, within the video, uh, just so people can get some advice or, or have an understanding of what happens. Um, you know, what typically is the structure of what happens in the office? How many do you typically do in a day? what does it include kind of what is the pricing structure not necessarily the price because that's going to vary by market but but how does that all work
1: well um, we allow about 45 minutes per patient and we'll block out a day and we'll we'll typically go from like friday's tends to be a pretty good day Uh, we're going to try the next one we're going to we're going to try to do it uh, and I'll let you know how this come, turns out. But we're going to do it at a restaurant, and have more of a party. We're going to more have like a small celebration party, mm-hmm. and invite people that we've and have have it a, a little fancier. Yeah. But we've done it in the office so far because it's quiet. And so we start about two o'clock on a Friday. Well, we actually start about lunch on a Friday, and we'll extend till about seven o'clock at night. We'll catch people at the end of the day. So I don't care. They don't have to dress up or they can. Some people do really dress up because they want a glamour shot some females and some people just come in like Zach came in a t-shirt yeah and um, then um, we have them come in allow about 45 minutes and we take their uh, glam shots first mm-hmm. and Mark will shoot you know 50 75 shots and it gets them it gets them all excited because they like being a model mm-hmm. especially the ladies. And he takes a bunch of funny photos. He lets them see it, and then he says, "You know, we're going to send these to you. Pick out the ones you you like." And th- so they're in a good mood, and they yeah. would just set them down and says, "Okay, can we shoot a video?" And he he doesn't take the videos aren't more than you know seven or eight minutes. Yeah. He, he gets them talking. He says, "Just relax. It's just me and you. You know, how long have you known Dr. Frino? Why'd you do? Tell me about what what was going on in your mouth and." Just get some talking and then they're gone. And we've had a couple of other patients and Zach was one who was so compelling that I didn't have a photo shoot set up and Mark's office is about 20 minutes away. So I schedule them during a before of a lunch hour and I said, hey, um, Zach, I'm going to buy you lunch. Will you go? And I told him ahead of time. Will you go with me to my videographer's studio? And he said, sure. So I just got in the car and drove him over there and sat down. He was there maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes taping that. And then we went to lunch. And so, you know, Lexington's 350,000 people, um, but it's still small enough that you can do things like that. And it doesn't happen. You just have to use some creativity. So we've taken a couple of people to Mark. That I really wanted videoed. But as far as the video day, uh, we've had three, I think. We come in and we'll, we'll get, um, you know, seven or eight, nine maybe in a day. And then we, we've got a few that we didn't use. And then um, that that's how it works. We allow about 45 minutes.
0: And you stagger them, right? So you, so if, uh, so, so if Susie comes in at at noon, you have somebody, uh, you have Ed coming in at twelve forty-five or
1: one o'clock, right? And I give them, uh, uh, I tell them, you know, I'm going to give them any kind of bleaching uh, solutions that they need because mo- a lot of them are bleaching their teeth, mm-hmm. and I give them movie passes. Great. I just give them movie passes, Cinemark, buy them in bulk, and they love that. It doesn't. They really are appreciative. Not not everybody's going to say yes, but we're giving them a really nice photo. We've built a good relationship with them. It's something we 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 low-key it, downplay it. Hey, stop by. Can you come between three, three and four? And they go, sure. How about three forty-five? Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, yep. and, and it works. Now, we did one on a Saturday morning. The Saturday now, morning wasn't that either, but. Friday afternoon was best. Awesome,
0: yeah. No, that's typically what uh, most dentist offices are, are, are doing. Some of them start if if they're bringing in a team from out of town, they might start on a Thursday afternoon once the the practice is closed. But but it's typically Friday is always so going to work it as the best day, not only for the dentist office but for the patients. They have, tend to have more flexibility on on Fridays versus the other days. Now, one last question. Um, a lot of uh, dentists that w- we work with, they'll uh, bring in a, a makeup person, you know, typically not a professional or anything, but somebody that will just, you know, make make sure that people are looking their best. Are you doing any of that?
1: I haven't, but it wouldn't be a bad idea.
0: No, it's... Uh, your videos have come out very well, and it looks like a lot of people are doing that by by themselves. And I think the quality of video that Mark is is taking is very very high. So I would I would definitely, uh, you know, I don't think it you've lost anything by it, but but it's probably is a good idea. Um, all right, so so uh, last kind of question that uh, you know th- this has been a great great discussion. I think. People really, um, you know, will get a lot out of it. Uh, but one thing I think that a lot of our uh, dentists out there that might be listening to this this, and, and really, you know, trying to figure out what they want to do, um, I think one of the things that they're probably going to ask themselves is, God, I'm so busy. How am I ever going to going to figure out how to do this? How do I identify the patients I want to do? Who calls them? What do I do with that? So, you know, one of the things you have a very thriving, busy practice. And on top of that, you know, you're you you do a lot of extracurricular activities that that you were always talking about. And on top of that, you're very involved in the Dawson Academy. So you're traveling and, and, and preparing for, for webinars and, and, and the different things you do with them. How do you make time for this? How, what, what advice would you give other dentists that feel like they don't have the time for this?
1: Oh man. Um, well, I, you know, um, Huh. It, it it Bill I I the biggest answer for that is I practice 32 hours a week with patients, and when I when I was practicing 40 hours a week I couldn't do it. It was hard. Um, I I, I purposely made that choice to slow my business down, and do complete care on less people, and so we don't have an office that. One of my specialists the other day, I sent him a patient and I said, she's going to be a little bit difficult case, but she's not a difficult person. And he said to me, he goes, none of your patients are difficult people. I said, why do you say that? He goes, well, you don't have a wild, wild west practice. (laughs) I never heard that term. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you don't have a wild, wild west practice. And so. I, you know, Friday's my day. I'm doing this podcast on a Friday. Uh, I do stuff on Fridays. Yeah. And for me, my lifestyle is like this. Summertime, uh, you know, as I told you, to make time for things, for the audience just to be full disclosure, I've got some things Bill's wanting me to do for my website right now. <laughs> I'm gonna be on a plane tomorrow uh, for four hours and I'm gonna do it then. So during the summer season, I'm playing golf on a lot of Fridays. I worked out on the gym this morning, but our weather turns bad in November and it doesn't get really good again till April. Yeah. So pretty much every Friday from November till end of March, 1st of April, that's not a holiday. I'm doing this stuff. And and um, that's how I've done it. you you get a lot more of my attention when the weather's bad and then I I really focus in on it and I get organized. So I recruit a list of patients and I keep a list on my desk of patients who've said, yes, I want a glamor shot, yes, I'm willing to do a video. And when I'm ready to do my next shoot, I've got 50 people on that list. I'll probably get 20 of them to come. And of those 20, I'll, I'll have probably seven or eight, nine, good ones that are not duplicating and I'll create a lot of goodwill by just giving them the photos. When I give them the photos, they're going to talk about me. Yeah. And they're going to photo up at home. Yeah. And so it really is a total marketing strategy. And I try to do it during times when the weather's bad.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, and, and I have a lot, Now, if you can take a Friday afternoon and not see patients, and mark off, if you can't practice like this now, you can mark off one Friday afternoon a month. And what I learned from Dr. Dawson is you have to work on yourself. And so I get a lot of credit, but I've I've really been stubborn in a lot of ways. If if you'll spend time working on yourself and your business, uh, I made some bad financial investments Few years back, 15 years looking for real estate and some other things. And some did okay, some didn't. They took a whole lot of time. And my investment advisor told me this he said, You know, I'll help you with this. You're getting too far off though. He said, Let me tell you the biggest return on investment of a business you can invest in. I said, Okay, what? Yours. Mm -hmm. And that was my investment advisor. And he says, why don't you get out of some of the stuff you're trying to do. Your practice is generating so well. I'll focus on a few things that will give you a decent return. But, and he's a friend, my investment advisor is a friend and patient. He says, the biggest advice I really want to tell you as a friend is work on your business. It's the biggest return that you can generate. You're looking for a business to invest in. You've got a business to invest in. And Pete had told me the same thing. So I I do work in the summer times on my business. I don't want to say I don't, but I started blocking off time and working on my business, including this website, including on photos, including on training my team and training myself to train my team, getting Larry to come in and and work on my thick skull. So um, my, my advice to Dennis is mark off an afternoon a month and work on your business, quiet with nobody around and some goals and get some good people on your team. Uh, If you want to practice like someone else, call them up. They'll probably help. Call me up. I'll help you. Um, And then do what they're doing. Uh, The biggest stumbling block for me is, well, yeah, it's working for you, but I don't know if it's going to work for me. It will. Uh, But you get good people on your team. Like I said, Bill, I'm really thankful I met you and you're on my team.
0: Well, because we're yes. thankful we met you, you too, you and not a too much years. of a lo- love fest because I'm sure people, you know, kind of are are you are value. You're
1: giving me a lot of credit, and I've spent a lot of money, but I've made a lot of money spending that money with you. So, I'm well, just, that,
0: that's that,
2: that,
0: that's great. That's great, and and you know, for the listeners, I do want to point out one thing. I know. You've mentioned Larry Gazzardo, uh, the name Larry Gazzardo many times um, during this discussion and and I want to give him um you know a little bit of, of time here. He's a practice management consultant, he's very involved with the Dawson Academy, he's worked with many dentists uh, uh, around the country on various topics, whether they're trying to transition their practice to a different type of practice or or just you know, get things jump started and 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 fix their uh and you know, move past their plateaus. Um he's also very involved with the All Star Dental Academy, which does call training. Um and I will provide his email address as as part of this in one of the slides, just in case people are not only looking for video and, and kind of want to enhance their website and their overall imp- approach but anybody that would be looking to team up with with uh, some of the people that that Doyle has has been so gracious as to give us uh, so many compliments through this uh, uh, podcast, it, it, uh, you know, you should have that information as well. So, um, guys, you know, thank you very much for listening today, and 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 Doyle, you know, thank you so much for the time you spent this. Has been great. The overall discussion has been great. I hope people um, really get a sense of, of how much he and I have worked together and, and really how this has been a work in progress. But I do appreciate your time and, and taking the time to, to do this today. And I would invite people to contact Doyle. I'm going to provide his email address and whether you want to learn more about video or how to transition the practice or having trouble with plateauing or want more information about the Dawson Academy. Um, I think he's a tremendous resource. He's a very nice person and, and he sincerely likes helping people. So... Doyle, thanks again for, for everything that... You know,
1: I'll, I'll echo that. Just You hear it my own voice. Uh, I, I've had great uh, mentors and advice. So anybody that wants to contact me, I, I love helping dentists because we're helping patients get things that they can't get other places. And our industry is being driven into the lowest common denominator. Go as fast as you can. Do it as cheap as you can do as little as you can to patch people up and keep them going. And uh, it's driven by some of our political leaders, putting that in our minds, some of the industry, insurance industry, uh, trying to steer us into uh, they're making the decisions. But I, I would love to help dentists uh, help their patients. And you really don't have to be all that busy and run yourself into where you can't wait to get out of your practice. And you're looking for other businesses to get a return on this is a a joyful profession if you want it to be can be
0: that's that that that's really great that's really great so so doyle thank thank you again I really appreciate it we really appreciate no wild cats. It. <laughs> you had to put that one in there haven't you, I did, didn't I did. you? um all right, so, so, so everybody, thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, this is a very educational, very informative um, podcast about video. Um, if anybody is interested in learning more about video or, or wanting advice about video or, or even wanting to um, see what, what it might entail to get video to, to their website, um, please feel free to contact me. I'll provide my contact information. Um, as far as our next podcast, uh, we'll be announcing a, a topic uh, here probably within the next uh, one to two weeks where we're uh, uh, identifying a couple uh, potential uh, speakers that, that I think would would be a real benefit to everybody listening. So as always, uh, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we hope you got a lot out of this pro- uh, um podcast and and uh we wish you the best success for the rest of the year and and uh look forward to the next time we we talk to you guys thanks so much